The history of Costa Rica, how it all started, who was involved, and where are we today in the whole mix of things. Setting foot on this rich coast for the first time must have been an exciting time for those weary sailors. In 1502, when Christopher Columbus landed in Puerto Limon, less than 20 indigenous tribes occupied the lands in what is now Costa Rica. The golden bands that the region's Carib Indians wore as earrings and nose rings inspired Christopher Columbus and his crew to name the country Costa Rica, of course, which means rich coast. Columbus's arrival ultimately led to the eradication of these native populations as exotic diseases and fatal battle battles took their toll. Terrible. While large-scale colonization was rampant in other Central American countries, few Spanish colonists claimed lands in Costa Rica due to the lack of mineral wealth, gold and silver, and the lack of an abundant Indian population to work the land. Initial attempts to colonize all of the coastal areas were unsuccessful due to the extreme heat, of course, dense jungle, and diseases such as dengue fever and malaria. Colonists finally settled in the cooler central highlands of Cartago in 1563, as most of the native population had perished or left the area. The settlers worked the land themselves and became small landowners. Cartago remained a provincial capital of colonial Spain for nearly two and a half centuries before moving the capital to San Jose, about 15 miles west of Cartago in 1823, and of course that's still in the Central Valley. In 1821, Costa Rica and several other Central American provinces declared their independence from Spain. Juan Mora Fernandez elected the nation's first chief of state, which is now called president, in 1824, initiated the construction of roads and ports, and also established a judicial system. Moreover, he encouraged coffee cultivation by providing free land grants to farmers. The cultivation of coffee would transform Costa Rica in the 19th century to a global economic powerhouse. At that time, only a few families owned sizable properties. As Costa Rica began to develop, these few families, rich in land, soon became some of the wealthiest in the country. To support the coffee trade, an ox cart path was built from the fertile Central Valley, where most of the coffee was being grown, to the Caribbean coast for direct export to Europe and other parts of the globe. This trade ultimately opened doors to European influences as doctors and artisans, artisans and naturalists from these areas immigrated to Costa Rica in the 1850s. The capital city of San Jose rapidly developed and as a note, was one of the first three cities in the world to have electricity. I never knew that. In 1871, Jamaican slaves, Chinese indentured servants, and American convicts were brought in to begin the railroad construction. This was significant in that it would unite the coffee-growing Central Valley with the Caribbean port of Limon. The new railroad helped boost the coffee industry and the steady rise in coffee exports resulted in a wealthy, upper-class, and a prosperous Costa Rican economy. That lasted a long time, too. Still is. In fact, Barrio Amon, just a few blocks north of the downtown area of San Jose, 
is home to many of the mansions that these coffee barons built in the 1890s and through to about 1910. This barrio, which is neighborhood in Spanish, is home now to many hotels and B&Bs and cafes, restaurants, but still holds the charm of the past. I suggest a walking tour when you visit Costa Rica. Be sure to Google Barrio Amon. That's A-M-O-N. Learn more about this area. Again, it's just about a three or four minute walk from downtown San Jose, due north, and you're really going to love it. It's like going back in time. The first democratic elections were held in 1889, and other than two brief periods of violence, democracy has been synonymous with Costa Rica ever since. Costa Rica is one of the most successful democracies in the Americas. In 1917, Federico Tinoco overthrew the elected president, Alfredo Gonzalez. Most Costa Ricans, as well as the United States, opposed Tinoco's overthrow, and he was deposed in 1919. In the close presidential election of 1948, Rafael Calderon fraudulently claimed victory over Ortilio Ulate. The dispute precipitated a six-week civil war, resulting in over 2,000 deaths. Jose Ferrer, as supporter of Ulate, assumed presidency for 18 months before deferring again to Ulate. Economic and social reforms since 1948 have enabled the country to remain very stable. A new constitution was adopted and elections have since been free and fair. Costa Rica still has a large agricultural sector, including coffee and bananas and pineapple and sugar exports. In the last 20 years especially, ecotourism and technology have taken off and become top-earning industries in the country. Costa Ricans enjoy a very high standard of living, and land ownership is widespread. The country boasts a high literacy rate, I believe it's over 99% a large middle class, and a very stable government that has functioned without an army for more than 60 years. In the past 10 years especially, global companies have moved towards expanding their footprints in Costa Rica because of the labor pool here. Many intelligent, bilingual workers, they're very hardworking. They lend to the success in business for any company who participates here in Costa Rica. It's an exciting time in Costa Rica. Stay tuned. Learn all you can. Visit if you've never been here before. And if you want a fresh take in life, make a move here. You will love the day-to-day life here in Costa Rica. Pura Vida, thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.